Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Juice on the Cues podcast on the Big Heads Media Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. At MyBookie, it's time to celebrate the college football season. Sign up now and make your first deposit to get a dollar-for-dollar match all the way up to $1,000. The best part is MyBookie has thousands of bets to choose from, from the full NFL slate to college football to the NBA playoffs. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code JUICEONCUES and double your first deposit now. Again, that's promo code JUICEONCUES. It's a no-brainer. Your winning season begins today only at mybookie.ag. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2021 Syracuse football recruiting cycle and a slew of injuries for the football team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Sports Illustrated's Mike McAllister. Mike, thanks so much for coming back on the program. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Mike McAllister from Sports Illustrated. I think that has a pretty nice ring to it. Mike, congratulations on the move over. Tell us about the process of how you ended up at SI. It, it does have a nice ring to it. Um, and funny little side note, when I was growing up, um, I had a subscription to Sports Illustrated at different times during my childhood. And um, one of the times I had it, the magazine had a um, note from the editor whose name happened to be Mike McAllister. And I used to always joke and say, hey, my name is in a, <laughs> in a magazine and, you know, all those types of things. So it, it's kind of cool to uh, to now have it be me that's the Mike McAllister with Sports Illustrated. But um, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, writers that are covering recruiting for the 24-7 sports and rivals and scout and those types of things, you're on um, contracts that are a defined term. So uh, whether it's one year, two years, or two years with you know a, a company option or however it's, it's worded, you're on a contract for, for a certain length of time. So um, – the way it worked here was I was with 24-7. I was covering Syracuse. 
I wasn't planning on leaving to go anywhere, but my contract was up um, this past September at the end of the month. And I was contacted by Sports Illustrated as they were looking to start getting into team sites and similar to the way that 24-7 and Scout and those things were, were um, formatted and were was curious if I was interested in hopping over and covering the Syracuse site because they didn't want to just bring people over to bring them over. They wanted to bring established people over. And so um, that kind of initiated the the conversation and we talked and the more I talked to them, the more I was excited about the opportunity to, to be with Sports Illustrated and, and still be able to cover Syracuse. And um, it just kind of went from there. It wasn't because 24-7 didn't want me. It wasn't because there was an issue with 24-7 or anything like that. Um, to the contrary, I loved my time there and have nothing but respect for everyone that was over there. But um, it was too great of an opportunity for me to pass up, so I jumped on it. Yeah, and we're so glad you did. We're looking forward to reading more of your stuff on allsyracuse.com. And speaking of allsyracuse.com, what's going to stay the same and what's going to change from your move from Scout to Sports Illustrated? There's going to be more video. That's the, the first thing I think that's going to be different. So you're going to see everything that we're going to have that we're going to post um, is going to have a video element and a written element. So even when we have video interviews, we will have um, – some sort of written summary with, you know, maybe a couple of key quotes from the interview um, so that people can read and, and get the gist of it as well. But we'll have, we're doing a lot more Zoom interviews uh, with recruits and stuff like that. And I think it's helpful because it gives uh, readers and those who follow recruiting, it allows you to see the the recruits and uh, get a feel for what they're like and what type of people they are, as opposed to just reading their quotes in an article. So, uh, there's going to be more of that, that that's being done. But a lot of things that we did over at 24-7 that were popular, such as our Monday musings that we post every week, uh, things of that nature are are going to continue our recruiting coverage. We're going to be you know, very heavily recruiting focused. We've got John Garcia Jr. who um, used to run the, the QsNation.com site when it was over at Scout. And he is the national SI All-American guy, so he covers football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. He's the national guy. He'll be doing a whole lot with us um, in terms of joint coverage and being able to break down players and what they mean for Syracuse and those types of things. So I think his voice, the fact that Syracuse fans are familiar with him, and then his wealth of football knowledge from playing the game and studying the game and breaking down film, I think that adds a huge element to the site. And then we're also going to be bringing back our podcast um, starting either this week or next week, um, Q's cast that we're going to be doing on a weekly or biweekly basis, uh, depending on a number of factors. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to stay the same, but we're going to be doing some new and exciting things as well. Really looking forward to hearing that Q's cast again. And for anyone who hasn't heard it before, it's got some of the best Syracuse recruiting information out there. Mike, let's talk about recruiting while we're on the topic. I think this is one of the best recruiting classes Syracuse has put together in recent memory. What are your general thoughts on the class of 2021? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the depth of the class is is better than what we've seen, um, perhaps, you know, at, at least in the Dino Babers era. Um Going, you know, further back than that, you're different coaches, different schemes, et cetera. So it's, it's, you know, a little bit apples to oranges. But just looking at what Dino's classes have been, he's had classes where he's had some highly rated players. Uh, Cornelius Nunn was a four-star player. Trill Williams was a four-star player. Kadir White was a four-star player. So those players have come in and, and, you know, for the most part performed well outside of Kadir White, who hasn't been able to crack the lineup yet. But 
this class not only has those type of guys with the Deuce Chestnut, who's a four-star on Rivals, Enrique Cruz, who's a four-star on 24-7, four-star offensive lineman, given the way the offensive line has performed the last couple of years, will get Syracuse fans excited. But the depth of the class beyond that, where they've got four wide receivers who are all six foot three or, or, or taller, uh, they've got five offensive linemen. They got a quarterback early, a highly highly regarded prospect from California, and Justin Lamson, who had Louisville, Boise State, and some other schools after him. Um, I, I think it gives you a nice, well-rounded class. They've certainly upgraded at some positions. And, uh, you know, right now is, is ranked in the top 50 in the country, and it would be the first time that they've been in the top 50 and, um, you know, cracked the top 50, so actually had a four at the front of their, their ranking um, in, in at least a decade. So I, I like the way that the class is built. I think they've done a nice job of getting some of those highly ranked guys, but also some guys that if you hadn't had the pandemic and they had been able to go out, compete in recruiting camps and things of that nature – are likely to have picked up a bunch more offers. I'm thinking of a linebacker, Austin Rune, for example, uh, Malik Matthew, linebacker from New York City, even an Elijah Fuentes, a defensive tackle. Um, and even though Enrique Cruz is a four-star, I, I still think if he had been able to go out on the camp circuit, he might have picked up uh, you know, some some larger blue-blood type of offers. So uh, the, the class is, is really nicely built, and I think there's a lot of potential within the class, and we'll have to see how it pans out over the next few years. Mike, Syracuse only has a couple scholarships available in this class. Who are some of the biggest names remaining on Syracuse's recruiting board? So there's really only two names left in the 21-21 class that they're heavily pursuing that could take their last couple of spots. The, the first one is William Wells, who's a defensive back from Suncoast High School in Florida. And he's got, in addition to Syracuse, Washington State, Utah, and a couple others that, that have been recruiting him, um, Syracuse has been recruiting him as hard as anyone on, on their board for quite some time. They've been considered the leader. He names them his leader back in April. Um, and, and a lot of people consider Syracuse to be in the lead there, but he hasn't committed yet. And, you know, as, as they continue to play this season, there's potential that he could get some more offers. So that that's one situation where we're kind of monitoring to see where that goes, but Syracuse is firmly in the mix there. They're going to continue to recruit him. And then the other player is Elijah Clark, who is a defensive back at Camden High School, a teammate of Deuce Chestnut, who's committed to Syracuse. Elijah Clark is currently committed to Rutgers. He was actually the first player to commit to Rutgers when Greg Schiano took back over that job. Well, despite the fact that he's committed to Rutgers, Syracuse hasn't stopped recruiting him. They're still going after him. Deuce Chestnut is is continuing to try to get him to flip. Uh, he still says he's 100% committed to Rutgers. I'm not sure that they're actually going to be able to flip him, but he's someone that they're still recruiting and they're still going to keep trying. So that's at least something to monitor. But beyond that, I, I think they're going to save, you know, uh, one or two slots for the transfer market. Uh, that, that seems to be year in and year out, the last few years especially, uh, something that you kind of have to take to leave a couple of scholarships open for in case players that are difference makers become available. And transfers who've come into Syracuse have, you know, for the most part, performed pretty well. You look at Tristan Jackson, Ambed Atawo, uh, Abdul Adams. So they've had guys that have come in and played well. Cody Roscoe this year is, is playing pretty well along the defensive line. They've had guys come in and perform well, and, and so it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, keep – two or three slots available to try to bolster their depth and and improve their roster for the 2021 class. 
And Mike, we'll get you out of here on this one. I know I always pick your brain about recruiting for obvious reasons, but let's talk about the product on the field as it stands. SU is dealing with a ton of injuries, but can Syracuse recover and get to the 4-5 win territory? I think it's going to be tough uh, without DeVito. Now, there's there's some variables here, right? So we don't know what the status of Sean Tucker is. We know that he got hurt in, in the game against Duke as well. Um, they're, they're missing Andre Sisco. Eric Coley's been out. Uh, they're down a lot of guys that they expected to be key contributors and even even starters. And when you're when you've changed both coordinators in a year where you've had the least preparation time of any year in recent memory, and then you're losing veterans and starters and et cetera, that puts a lot of pressure on a team that seems to be coming younger and younger by the week because they keep having to throw younger guys out there. I think the biggest key is going to be can the offensive line continue to take some steps forward? And then what do they do with the quarterback position? Is it Rex Culpepper? Is he the guy? If he's the guy, I think they need to change their offense around. They need to be a more run-focused offense, and that includes using him on the ground uh, to pick up some yards as well. But I think keeping the offense exactly the same, if you've got Rex Culpepper out there, I don't think you're best taking advantage of his biggest assets and I think you're doing a disservice to the offense because I don't think that he's the guy that's going to go out there and, and be pinpoint accurate with quick throws and, and all of those types of things. I don't think that's his game. If you use him as a as a power-running quarterback and, and you use a power-running game off of what his skills are and then use play action for, for uh, the passing game, that's a lot different than what they would like to do, but that might be what you have to do if you keep him out there. If you're going to bring one of the young guys in, whether it's Dylan Markowitz or Jacoby and Morgan, the true freshman, now you got a situation where you have someone with absolutely no experience whatsoever playing at this level in that brand new offense with the shortened preparation time. That's a lot of pressure to put on a young kid, especially when the offensive line hasn't been great. Um, you've had some drop issues. So do you risk potentially damaging a player like that to the point where he can't come back from it because he takes a lot of hits and has a lot of negative plays. Or do you think that there's enough there, you know, from the coaching staff's perspective to throw him out there and that gives you the the best chance to win? You also get a look at him to see if he could potentially be your future at that position. Ultimately, I think that Liberty is their, their most winnable game left. If they can get that game, you get to two wins. Can they get another two for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be awfully difficult, and I'd be surprised if they were favored in another game for the rest of the year. Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on again. Mike McAllister from Sports Illustrated, delivering some of the best recruiting information around. Always great to hear from you. Congratulations on the new position, and we'll speak with you soon. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate it. Great stuff from Mike, as always. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse's season has really taken a turn for the worst. They lost 38-24 to to 0-4 Duke over the weekend. Outside of Liberty, which they're not even favored in, I'm not sure if Syracuse is going to even crack the three-win mark this year. What's your assessment? In a nutshell, Wes, uh, the team has been decimated by injuries and kind of upset. My prediction for a win over Duke did not come to fruition. Saturday was really surprised in how uh, Duke's offense performed against the Syracuse defense. And how the Syracuse offense had trouble getting on track in that game. But getting back to your question, injuries really has decimated the roster. And 
Syracuse is one of those teams in the ACC where I've always said the top 22 players starting on each side of the ball, the the top special teams performers are certainly great players in ACC caliber talent. But Syracuse has had a, a problem in recruiting over the five years of the Dino Babers regime. And really, that's kind of been something that's hampered the Orange football program, even dating back to the end of the Paul Pasqualoni era. It's filling the team with depth and quality depth. We always hear the term next man up when there's an injured player. Well, that next man up, the player that has to get onto the field, has to be able to perform at a high level to compete in a conference like the ACC, and that's been the difficulty for Syracuse. The mix of talent through the different classes, redshirt freshmen, true freshmen, then sophomores or redshirt sophomores, you know, having that depth, the level of depth to compete when there are injured players has really been exposed here now in Dino Baber's fifth season. And as you say, uh, with a tough schedule ahead, even even the Liberty game in which Syracuse is opening as an underdog, going to Clemson and then the other ACC games, it really is not an optimistic uh, look for the rest of this season. Brad, the news came out earlier in the week that Andre Sisco is out for the year. Jawar Jordan has not appeared since he got hurt in week three. Tommy DeVito appears done for the season after sustaining a lower body injury against Duke. You talked about injuries and lack of depth. I know this is college football, but even then, it's unusual to have this many injuries to this many key players at this time of year. It certainly is unusual, but you know, Wes, hasn't this been an unusual year overall, right, with the pandemic and three spring practice football sessions. That that was it, limited to just three practices back in March. Then the team returned over the summer, and players could only work out, you know, with a limited number of their teammates. Uh, Then we had the preseason practice we've discussed in which there was the miscommunication over protocols for testing for the COVID-19 virus. That interrupted several practice sessions. So this has really been an unusual season, and I don't know if it's a coincidence or not with all of the injuries that have taken place. I kind of think not because the team really didn't have that time to practice thoroughly in the spring. Uh, we, we don't know the extent of how the practices went, you know, in July. And as I just mentioned about the interruptions of practice in August. And, you know, football's a violent game and there are going to be injuries all the time. Uh, I, I would have to say the numbers agreed do seem a little bit on the high end. And unfortunately for Syracuse, they have come at such key positions. I'd really like to know a little bit more about that Andre Sisco situation. We haven't heard really anything from the university about that freak accident colliding with a teammate before the Georgia Tech game. And then we've known that Tommy DeVito playing behind an offensive line that has struggled this year, has been running for his life, and finally caught up to him in the sack in the Duke game in which he, he injured his lower body. And he could be out for the rest of the season. Certainly no full explanation of that yet and don't want to speculate, you know, entirely. But, you know, losing a player of the caliber of Andre Sisco on the defensive side, potentially Tommy DeVito on the offensive side, really says, you know, problems for Syracuse. And the other thing I'll point to is the quarterback position. We've talked about this, you know, earlier in in the year, Wes, that Syracuse has really struggled to recruit at that position. And you need a quality backup quarterback in in Power 5 football. Now, not to take anything away from the effort of Rex Culpepper, but, you know, there's a lot of Syracuse fans that will say he's not a top-tier Power 5 caliber quarterback. 
We'll see if he gets his chance starting with the Liberty game. We'll see if the coaching staff, you know, tailors a game plan to his strengths. And then I really also wonder if they're going to open up to see if some freshmen will step on the field at the quarterback position and really, you know, take a long look at the future uh, for the rest of the season, especially if the team may have trouble winning games. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, basketball's here, Wes. Preseason practice is scheduled to begin on Wednesday, and I think with what's gone on with the football team, Syracuse Orange fans are you know have something to look forward to with preseason practice starting on Wednesday the 14th, and then the season you know officially to start on November 25th. Still to be determined is the final Syracuse schedule, but I think it is something to look forward to with uh, the talent that's been assembled by Jim Beheim and his staff and really looking forward to basketball. So that gives us some optimism with the football team struggle that basketball is about to embark. Brad, my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse guard Dion Waiters. Waiters became just the second Syracuse alumnus in program history to win an NBA championship after the Lakers toppled the Miami Heat on Sunday night for their 17th NBA championship. Waiters didn't play in the series, but he did play 10 games this past season, averaging 11 points in 21 minutes per game. He joins Marty Burns, who also won a title with the Lakers in 1980 as former Orangemen NBA champions. Congratulations to Dion. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that my favorite sound is the sound of someone not playing the bongos. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.